What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dominic Sharosky, and we have a ton of things to get into today. A ton of things to get into. This week has been pretty crazy uh, in a lot of different areas, you know, whether that be um, in the NBA, getting back the second half of the season, starting starting back up. Obviously, it's been a wild week in the NFL. Um, Diana Rossini talked about it last week, talking about how this upcoming week was going to be a massacre with some of the guys getting uh, cut. As we know, you know, the the salary cap numbers finally came out of what the cap was going to be this year. Um, So we're seeing a lot of guys get released, a lot of guys possibly getting traded, some guys restructuring deals um, and whatnot. Uh, But we're going to start with college basketball uh, very briefly. Just going to get into that real quick. Um, Obviously, last week was the end of the regular season, so to speak, for uh, college basketball. And this week has been all about the conference championships, you know, SEC, ACC, uh, all that other stuff, Big Ten, all that. They're uh, getting their conference uh, championship tournaments ready to go all before we start March Madness uh, coming up soon. But there have been some pretty pretty rough hits so far um, that college basketball has had to deal with. Um, Obviously, the news came out earlier this week that Duke um, was going to be out of the ACC tournament uh, and essentially that their season was going to come to an end due to a couple of positive tests uh, from some players on the team. This actually ends uh, Duke's streak of, I believe, 21 straight uh, NCAA tournament um, appearances. Duke will not be in March Madness this year, which is weird for me because this is the first time really since I've started really watching college basketball that they won't be there. Um, so Duke is out. Uh, we got word that uh, North Carolina A&T, or uh, NCAT, NCANT, sorry, <laughs> uh, is going to be out. Uh, of the MEAC uh, conference tournament after positive tests. And then the news came out this morning that Virginia will also be out of the ACC tournament. Uh, their game, they were actually scheduled to play Georgia Tech today. That game has been canceled. Georgia Tech actually is going to go on, so they're going to move on, I believe, to the finals and will play uh, the winner of Florida and... No, not Florida. Where is the other ACC game? I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but they'll play the winner of uh, the other uh, ACC game that's going to be going on, I believe, tomorrow or Saturday. Or tomorrow is Saturday. (laughs) I'm all over the place. But um, it's a rough start, you know, like for, for the NCAA, this can't really bode well. Um, And I think this might be kind of, uh, just a look at things to come when you're looking at what might end up happening with March Madness this year. You know, like, if teams are going to test positive, like, you're, I, I, I'm willing to wager, and, you know, obviously I hope I'm wrong. I don't want anyone to get 
I don't want anyone to pop up positive and I want guys to be as healthy as possible and safe as possible. But I think this is going to be something to really look forward to um, or not look forward to, but to pay attention to um, this March Madness, just because I think you're going to see a couple of teams who are going to go down and they're going to miss out on an opportunity to win a championship because someone's going to get it, you know, like, again, hoping that's not the case, but it's more likely than not that that will be the case. Um, We've seen it happen in the ACC twice now. We've seen it happen in the MEAC. We've seen a couple of of teams uh, have to forfeit games this year um, and this week uh, due to positive COVID tests. So rough situation. Uh, rough situation there for the NCAA. Uh, really tough for Duke, uh, who obviously, like I said, their season basically is over now. Uh, Virginia, I believe, will still be able to uh, get into the tournament and will still will still be able to play. So we'll see what happens there. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting seeing how this all plays out. Um, and you know, like I said, hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, everyone can stay healthy and we don't have any more situations like this pop up during March Madness, but, uh, it's just, it's something to keep your eye on, um, moving forward. Uh, it really is. So, uh, for those of you who are watching though, and those of you who are paying attention to this conference championship week, there is a ton of good games going on. There have been games going on all week that have been really good. West Virginia could not pull out the win the other night. Uh, Michigan state. Uh, lost the other day, and today we've got a couple of really good matchups. Michigan's taking on Maryland. You got Alabama and Mississippi State. Uh, you got number twentieth ranked Purdue taking on number nine um, Ohio State. That should be a good game. Baylor's taking on Oklahoma State at six thirty today. That's going to be a really good game. Um, there's some really good matchups. Uh, you got Kansas University or KU and <laughs> Texas going at it. So. There's a lot of really good games looking forward. Iowa's taking on Wisconsin. Iowa's playing phenomenal basketball right now. Um, but I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited for this March Madness. I think there's going to be a lot of, I think just because of how wild this year has been and just how unpredictable it's been, this is going to be one of the craziest tournaments we've seen in quite some time, which obviously there it's the reason why there's a reason why it's called March Madness, right? Like, Crazy things happen every year. I just think that this year it's going to be, I think there's just so much anticipation for this tournament because obviously, like I said, and I mentioned this last time I spoke about it was that, you know, last year we didn't get a tournament last year. There was no champion for college basketball, right? Like we didn't get March Madness last year. So it's, um, it's been a nice little wait to get some, some college basketball tournaments, and now we're going to see what these guys can do. And I'm pretty excited for it. I'm pretty excited for it. Again, hoping everyone can stay healthy. It is something to pay attention to because I do think that it is going to play a big role um, in this tournament, in this in this season, uh, during this, this championship push. So just something to keep your eyes on there. But now we can move on to the NFL. And I want, I, I started, you know, I like just wanted to switch it up real quick and start with college basketball, touch on that briefly. Now we get into the NFL. And like I said, this week has been pretty, pretty wild. So what are some of the things that have happened this week? Well, 
I was ready to come in here and talk about all of the guys that got cut, some of the guys that have been released because there are some really big names. There have been some interesting moves. But there were two moves made this morning that I have to lead off with. First things first, let's talk Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to play to at least 50, apparently. He just restructured and signed a, I believe, a four-year contract extension. Now, most of those years are voidable, and what this does basically is that it does ensure Tom Brady will be, uh, at the very least, playing throughout this upcoming season and more than likely the 2022 season as well, which if he does, he will become the oldest quarterback in NFL history to start a game at 45 years old. Um, but this is a great move because the contract extension, like I said, it's it's really just a two. It's really because obviously he signed a two year deal um, this past offseason with up to 50 million dollars uh, in incentives. So really, this it's really ends up just being kind of a really a one year extension with some voidable years afterwards. This move, mainly and in typical Tom Brady fashion, this move really what it does is it gives the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little bit more flexibility because by signing this contract, they can spread out the money that he's owed and his cap hit. So now this move actually saves the Buccaneers like nineteen million dollars in cap space for this season, which, I mean. There goes Shaq Barrett right there. Like, Shaq Barrett can stay now. Like, that was something that was going to be interesting to see because it was like, okay, they went out and they tagged Chris Godwin and then they signed Levante David to a two-year extension or a two-year deal. And then it was like, all right, so what's going to happen with Shaq Barrett? Shaq Barrett opening up this money basically ensures that Shaq Barrett can stay in Tampa Bay. And the Bucks might be better there this upcoming season than they were last year, which is scary to think about. Um, like I said, great move by Tom Brady. And this is, you know, this is the recipe. And I believe it was actually Mark Madden, who he and I got into, not a, it was a brief back and forth, but that was about Juju Smith-Schuster and some other stuff. But Mark Madden actually brought up a really good point on Twitter talking about it. It was like, you know, because everyone was like all these other quarterbacks are signing massive extinct extinctions and contracts, extinctions, extensions and contracts. And, you know, they, you know, they don't have nearly as much success as Tom Brady because Tom Brady always takes, you know, less money and he keeps on taking pay cuts damn near every year. And it's, and Mark Madden made the really great point. It was like, yeah, well, his wife is also Giselle and she makes, she makes way more money than he does. So that kind of plays a part into it. Like Tom Brady's taken care of on the money side of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looked Tampa Bay is gearing up for running this thing back and it looks like they're trying to throw a monkey wrench in this, uh, Kansas city chiefs dynasty. Um, I really, really, really hope we get Kansas city and Tampa Bay in, in the, in the super bowl next year. Obviously like taking out me wanting the Pittsburgh Steelers to be there because I'm a Steeler fan. Like, I really hope we get Kansas City versus Tampa Bay again because I I think that 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 game goes so it it just that game should have gone so differently and I don't think that Kansas City uh, doesn't I don't think Kansas City wets the bed like they did in the Super Bowl a second time um, I think they'd be ready and they'd be licking their chops to get another shot at the Tampa Bay Bucks and to win another Super Bowl. Um, so I, I really hope we do get Bucks versus Chiefs again. I really do. 
Um, but yeah, Tom Brady's going to play till he's 50. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, what more can you say about Tom? Seven rings. He's going to retire with basically at number one in almost every major statistical quarterback category. Um, he's the goat. And at this point, at this point, like he's just competing against himself. Yeah. Like there's no competition. There's no argument. Like right now it's, it's, it's me against me. You know, I'm my only competition and somehow he keeps on finding a way to win. You know, father time, they say father time is undefeated. Tom Brady is definitely giving him a run for his money right now. So shout out to Tom Brady though. Still finding a way to be a great quarterback. Um, it's insane to think that he's going to end up being like, he, to think that he's really going to end up having like a 25 year career when all of this is said and done. Like that's so crazy to think about. Like, especially when you think about the average, like the average NFL career for guys that actually make teams, right? Like not guys who maybe get drafted or signed like a one, like one contract. And then maybe they get voided. Like, uh, you know, like not, not guys that just make a team as in like practice squad or something like that. Like guys that actually make a team and get a contract. The average NFL career is only like three years. So he's, I mean, killing, like, I mean, just it again, We've never seen anything like it. We will never see anything like him again. It's incredible. It's incredible what Tom Brady does. But the Buccaneers are going to try and run this thing back. They've got a little. They've got about nineteen million more dollars to spend in cap space now. Uh, so if you're someone, maybe you know, maybe this allows them to go out and get. You know, there's Adrian Peterson was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. He was he's been pretty vocal about maybe wanting to go down to Tampa and trying to get a ring. Uh, maybe they can go and get him if if uh, Leonard Fournette leaves. You know they they've got options. Uh, it's it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary what Tampa Bay can do. They've got some money. They've got some money to spend. They're going to be able to keep a lot of their main guys. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, the other big move and some more quarterback news that came out, which I wasn't surprised about the news i was surprised about the money um and that was cam newton re-signing uh with the new england patriots he's going to get another one-year deal however this one-year deal is for 14 million dollars and that i felt like was a bit rich for what we saw out of cam newton last year now first things first i think it's a great move for cam i think it's a good move for the patriots um bring him back I also think that this move is uh, is the Patriots kind of tipping their cap to the fact that we're gonna build and we're gonna get some we're gonna get some real talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think this I think this deal shows what they think of Cam Newton and that they don't put this team's offensive struggles all on his shoulders, which they shouldn't, by the way. You know, like you look at what happened last year; no real wide receivers that would be starters or even second string guys anywhere else in the league outside of Julian Edelman, who ended up getting injured and didn't play for the rest of the season. Um, you had a lot of guys opt out last year. Um, now, granted, they are going to let Joe Tooney go in free agency, but they trade for Trent Brown. He's going to be back. 
Um, they drafted Isaiah Wynn the other uh, last year. He's been phenomenal. He's been a stud. The Patriots, man, look for the Patriots. Look for the Patriots to turn this thing around rather quickly. They have a ton of cap space. They're going to get a ton. I mean, think like when you just think of some of the names that they were without last year. Like they had like eight guys opt out last year, which is more than any other team. A lot of which was on the defensive side. Two of those guys were basically defensive captains in Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower. So the Patriots, the Patriots are primed for a quick turnaround, I believe. Now, I still think that they will be in the market for a quarterback, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe spend a first or second round pick on a Mac Jones or on a Kyle Trask, just because I don't think you can reliably look back. I don't think you can rely on Cam Newton to really be your future for, you know, three, four, five years, right? Like he's, he's, he's a bridge quarterback. He's a stopgap for right now. You know, he's, he's, he's good for this year, maybe even another year after this, but for the most part, you know, Cam's not the long-term solution. He's kind of just, we're putting a bandaid on the wound right now and we'll 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 suture it up later but i will say i was surprised at the amount of money now it's up to 14 million dollars in incentives so really i think it's only like 10 million in base salary but even still like that just felt like a lot because i think cam obviously playing for pennies on the dollar last year obviously he was dirt cheap last year when they got him and it's not like cam played phenomenal i mean cam only threw eight passing touchdowns last year he threw 12 interceptions like he threw more interceptions than he did passing touchdowns last year only threw eight passing touchdowns did have 12 rushing touchdowns on the season but cam didn't really impress too much and again part of that is because of the team that was around him there wasn't a ton of talent offensively um maybe josh mcdaniel's and Bill Belichick think, you know, maybe we go out here, we get some guys, which they can because, again, the New England Patriots have cap space. So I wouldn't be surprised to see New England maybe make a play for someone like Kenny Galladay. Uh, maybe they go out and try and grab Emmanuel Sanders, um, Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll see, right? Like, they're, they're, they're going to be able to go out there and get some weapons. Uh, they have the 15th overall pick. Maybe they can trade that. Maybe they use that to get, like I said, Mac Jones if they want to start thinking about the future. Or, you know, maybe if, say, Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts is still there, maybe they draft that, get some more explosive guys on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll run this thing back. But um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Patriots also have been linked to Hunter Henry, former uh, tight end for the, the now the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he's had some injury history, but when Hunter Henry is healthy, he is a monster. Uh, one of probably the five most dangerous tight ends in the league when he's healthy uh and we know how much bill belichick and the patriots love to use tight ends you know a la rob gronkowski aaron hernandez types so hunter henry fits that mold it'll be interesting to see if hunter henry does go there but cam newton is back on maybe a little bit too much of an expensive deal however like i said the patriots do have cap space so i think this was kind of them so the other thing before I say that, the other thing that was kind of interesting to me was, you know, if this was maybe, like I said, maybe this was the Patriots, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're going to pay you for what, you know, what you should have gotten last year as well. Like, we're we're going to kind of break you off here because we know that this wasn't all on you and we want you to be here. 
But I just felt like if you could get Cam Newton, like I felt like you could have gotten Cam Newton for like a one-year $7 million deal or $8 million. Like I don't think you needed to pay him $14 million because I don't think there was a huge market for Cam Newton either. Like there wasn't a big market for Cam Newton last year. And I don't think after what we saw from him this season, teams were going to be rushing to beat down the door to get Cam Newton. Um I think New England was really the only place where he was going to have a shot to be a starter. And any other team that was going to take a look at him was going to look at him to be a backup. So I just, again, I the money doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to me. But the New England Patriots do have the cap space to do this. So maybe they can throw a little bit more money around than other teams can. But all in all, Cam Newton's back in New England. And I am extremely happy for him. I'm happy that Cam has a place. Uh Cam also getting fourteen million dollars now can go and tell that one kid who was at his uh who was at his uh his his uh camp who said that he was about to be a free agent and that he was about to be broke he he can kind of go back to that kid and kind of tell him hey fourteen million dollars uh, I I don't know what you consider broke but I definitely don't consider that broke but um good for Cam Newton interesting to see how this all plays out in New England I do think New England can make quite the turnaround. Um, this upcoming season. So we'll see how it all plays out. But um, before we move on to the NBA, still got a lot in the NFL to talk about. So I mentioned massacre, this so-called massacre week, and it has been pretty wild um, so far this season or this, this week, really just with the, some of the moves that have been made, some of the guys we are seeing get cut, right? So, Quan Alexander, who was with the San Francisco 49ers, signed a deal with the New Orleans Saints. Quan Alexander, I believe, did tear his Achilles, so he didn't play much this year. He gets cut. That saves the New England, the, not the New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints, like $14 million. Um, we saw them release Janoris Jenkins. We saw, in a very surprising move, the Kansas City Chiefs released two of their starting um, offensive linemen. And that was surprising to me because unless we all watched the Super Bowl, right? The main reason the Kansas City Chiefs lost that game was because they could not protect Patrick Mahomes at all. So the fact that they would release two of their starting offensive linemen after what we saw in the Super Bowl, I mean, that just... That blew my mind. I That one really threw me for a loop. I did not expect that at all. Now, granted, they are going to get some guys back because uh, they did have one of their offensive linemen uh, who opted out uh, last year. So he'll be back. Um, and I'm sure I'm almost, I mean, at this point, it's almost a thousand percent sure that they're going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round this year, maybe trade up to get one. Um but I just I unless you feel really strong about your offensive line group, which I don't necessarily know if you can after what you saw in the Super Bowl. Like I think you would want your starters to be there as much as possible. Um, unless they feel like they have some guys that are going to take huge step forwards next year, maybe they feel like they can get some decent guys or some good guys on a uh, cheaper contract because that is what's going to be the case this year. I don't think. All of these guys, there's going to be a ton of big names that are going to be available, right? So, like, you look at some of the wide receivers that are going to be free agents this year. Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Kenny Galladay. 
uh, Will Fuller, right? Emmanuel Sanders, like really big names, right? That are going to be free agents. You look at some of the running backs, you know, you have Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, who many people are thinking that he's, that him to Miami is basically a done deal, which if they do that, I love that move. But, you know, Aaron Jones is going to be there. Leonard Fournette is going to be up. James Conner is going to be available, right? There's going to be a ton of offensive linemen. Uh, Like I said, we spoke about Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots. The two offensive linemen from Kansas City are going to be up there and available. So it's uh, also Kyle Long, former uh, Chicago Bear offensive lineman, who was a great offensive lineman for a very long time, retired a couple, I believe, like two years ago. Um, He decided to come back, so he's going to be a free agent. Like, there's going to be a lot of guys that are available, but I think what you're going to see this year is that you're going to see a lot of guys have to take smaller contracts and shorter deals. I think you're going to see a lot of one or two year deals signed during this offseason. I don't think you're going to see a bunch of guys get anything longer than three years, really. I, I think three years is going to be the max number of years in the contract that we see signed for a lot of guys this year, depending on uh, the situation. But there's it's a buyer's market and i think you're going to get a lot of guys who might have to go in take a little bit less for you know a year or two like kyle long right if i'm the kansas city chiefs why wouldn't you take a look at kyle long if kyle long can come back he's going to be obviously fresh didn't hasn't played uh he hasn't taken any hits uh he said that he's kind of reinvigorated found his love for football again he definitely, st- I definitely believe he still has some some tread on the tires. If you can come in and bring him in for a couple million, uh, maybe he wants to try and ring chase stuff like that. We'll see, but it's a lot. It's it's when you just look at some of the guys that are available, and then even like some of the quarterbacks. Like obviously Cam Newton has been signed now, but Drew Brees still hasn't officially retired yet. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still out there on the market. Um, Jameis Winston hasn't officially been signed to a longer deal. Uh, for the Saints, um, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be out there. Like, there's going to be guys. Like, there's going to be some real uh, questions. Marcus Mariota is probably going to end up being available, whether they trade him or cut him. Um, there's a lot of really good free agents this year, and it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see where all of these guys end up. Like I said, I've been saying this for about a week or two now, the NFL is going to look very different next year because there are going to be a lot of teams that look, I mean, like you're just going to see so many new faces. Your team may look completely different next year, unless you're like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who apparently are going to be able to keep everybody (laughs) because Tom Brady just keeps on taking pay cuts. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. Even like in Pittsburgh, like I said, like we've brought up Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, uh, Matt Filer and Alejandro Villanueva, like two offensive linemen. Both of them may end up hitting the free agent market. Uh, the Steelers did not franchise tag Bud Dupree, so Bud Dupree is going to go out there on, on, on the open market. He's going to get $16, $17, 18000000 million from some team, right? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be wild. Um, but just prepare for a lot of teams to look very different next year. Um, I think... And like I said, because it's a buyer's market, so many guys are going to have to sign, you know, for probably under what their real value is. Um, 
And if that's the case, I think if guys are going to sign for less money than they feel like they are really worth, I think you're going to see a lot of guys try and ring chase. Um, now, the problem with that is the teams that you would probably try and ring chase with are pressed up against the cap right now. You know, Kansas City doesn't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, Packers don't really have any money to spend. The uh, I was about to say the Chiefs. Uh, the Rams don't have a whole bunch of money to spend. The Saints, right? So, like, you look at some of the teams, the Seahawks don't have a bunch of cap space either. Really, the only team that it seems like that you would want to try and run it back with or try and ring chase with is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They seem to be the only team that has uh, a significant amount of salary cap. So, all in all, man, it's going to be super interesting, like I said, seeing where all these cards fall. And I am excited for it. I'm here for it. Um, like I said, offseason football. The NFL offseason is great. It's not as good as the NBA offseason, but NFL offseason is pretty damn good, too. Um, oh, last thing before we uh, move on. We talked about some of the free agent quarterbacks, talked about some of the quarterbacks who could possibly end up getting traded. Uh, we spoke about Russell Wilson on Tuesday. I don't believe Russell Wilson will get traded this offseason, but I do think this upcoming season is Russell Wilson's last season in Seattle. And if that is the truth, boy, <laughs> boy, that's going to be wild. If that it like where he ends up again, talk about a seismic shift. He, to me, like I said, it, the way the five best quarterbacks in the league right now in order to me are Patrick Mahomes is number one. To me, Russell Wilson is number two. Aaron Rodgers is third. Deshaun Watson is fourth, and then Tom Brady is fifth. Like, that's how I view the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, those, to me, are the five best guys in order. Russell Wilson, you talk about a seismic shift no matter where he goes. Obviously, Dallas was on one of the places that he said he would like to go. Dallas just signed Dak Prescott to an enormous contract, so Dallas probably will not be one, uh, an option moving forward, but that still leaves the Bears. That still leaves the saints that still leaves the las vegas raiders are, are three of the teams that he said he would like to play for um i wouldn't also even though it's not been reported and he hasn't you know his agent hasn't said that these are teams that he's open to i could see the denver broncos being a place that could maybe entice him with all the weapons that they have there i could see the panthers who you know their owner has basically come out and, and said that no we want a stud like we want a star at quarterback um so the panthers could be in the mix there miami possibly if they don't like Tua, which i think would be an absolutely ridiculous move i think the dolphins need to give Tua time to develop i understand you see justin herbert and joe burrow balling out in their first year and Tua just looked okay but it's a little bit different let Tua just build around to it, let him get some weapons and let the kid develop, right? That's that's all I got to say on that one. I don't want to have a cuz I've I've done this before where I've had to get on people for saying like, "Oh, Tua sucks and we need to get him out of here." And I'm like, "Listen, you are going to be very 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 disappointed if you trade Tua. Like unless unless you are getting Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson back, I don't think you trade Tua for anything." Like of the guys that are absolutely like of the guys that are really available right now, I don't think you trade Tua for anything other like other than Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. But um, like I said, there's a little bit of a back and forth going between the uh, between the um, 
the Seahawks and Russell Wilson's camp right now, but I think they'll be okay. Um, at least for one more season for one more season. I don't, I just don't think, I think the cap hit would be like, cause the cap hit would be like $39 million if they were to trade him before like June, I think like before like June 6th, uh, it would be like a $39 million cap hit, which they don't want to do. But also you don't want to wait till to trade him till after June 6th, because then he, you're going to lose out on possibly getting uh, draft picks this year to help turn your team around quicker. So a lot of things to work out there. I do believe though we are coming towards the end of we're coming towards the end of the Russell Wilson era in Seattle, which is crazy to think just because of how good of a quarterback he is. Guys like that typically don't get traded, but we'll see. Um, speaking of, I spoke about Deshaun Watson, uh, the new head coach for the Houston Texans, David Colley was on a podcast with Jim Trotter and Steve Weiss the other day. Really great podcast. They're both amazing. Um, but there were some notes in the way that he was speaking about the Deshaun Watson saga. And, you know, obviously they're asking him, they're asking him, you know, um, what's the plan? What are we doing here? What are you hearing? And, you can kind of always tell when certain things are coming. I think the Texans are starting, even though the Texans publicly are saying we're not going to trade him, we're not open to it, we want him to stay in Houston, don't even call us about him. If you try and bring up Deshaun Watson, we're hanging up the phone. They're saying all that publicly, but I do believe behind the scenes, they're starting to have conversations about, okay, we might actually have to trade him. Because the way Cully was talking, they're just certain trigger words that you pay attention to, right? So, like, Cully was saying, oh, you know, he's on the roster right now. And then they were also saying, well, we want guys who are all in. We want guys who want to be here. Um, those are things that he was saying on this podcast, right? He's, you know, he's like, you know, he's, I think one of his exact quotes was, uh, you know, he, he's on the team, you know, he's a part of the team right now and hopefully for the future. Well, hopefully that seems like a very different now, granted Dave Cully is a new head coach. He's not the general manager, so he very well couldn't know what's going on. He doesn't really probably doesn't have too much say, um, in this whole situation, as far as whether or not Deshaun Watson actually gets traded, um, he can voice his opinion, but I don't know if he'll be part of the final decision-making process. But it's interesting, like I said, just when you, because when, whenever you hear little trigger words like that, right, like little caveats um, like that are interesting, you know, like we, because we saw that, it's like, we've seen this a million times, like we saw this with the Jared Goff situation in Los Angeles, right? Uh, I believe Les Snead, who's the general manager for the Los Angeles Rams, you know, it was everyone was sitting there and they were talking to him and they were asking him. He was like, "Oh, well, you know, Jared Goff is our guy right now." And whenever you hear like stuff like that, like for right now, or he he's he's a Ram this week, he's he's a Ram as of today, right? 
And then what did we see? Like a week later, he got traded to Detroit. So when it's it's little trigger words like that and little nuances in the way some of these coaches and some of these general managers speak because they have media training. They know what they're saying. And they're, that's them kind of tipping their cap, letting us know that, hey, some things are in the works without coming out and saying, yeah, we're actively shopping and trying to trade this guy. Right? So... I think we're I think we are closer to Deshaun Watson getting traded than the Houston Texans may be putting off. I do think that they are gonna hold this off until maybe like three days before the draft. But I I do believe Deshaun Watson's gonna get traded sometime in April. I just at this point I just don't see how you can keep him. I really don't. I mean, because Deshaun Watson, as firm as the Houston Texans have been in saying that we're not going to trade him. Deshaun Watson has been just as firm, if not firmer, in his standpoint of, I will never wear this Houston Texans uniform ever again. I will not play a single down for this organization ever again. And, you know, that's the that's the deal. That's the thing. And that's and that's what I say is, like, Deshaun Watson really seems... this. That's why this situation to me seems like the Texans have to trade him. Like, to me, Seattle doesn't have to trade Russell Wilson because I think, again, like Russell Wilson, maybe there is a little bit of personal feelings toward between him and Pete Carroll, maybe having a little bit of a falling out. But I do think that most of the problems that stem from, you know, that, that are stemming between this Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks situation, and I've spoken on this before, is really, it's a, it's a lot about football. It's about how the organization is run and like some, maybe the schemes that they run, the type of power that uh russell wilson has uh and you know them putting him in opportunities to be in the spotlight to be viewed as one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you know maybe get an mvp and things like that um that to me i think can be fixed when you have situations like the one with carson wentz where he just completely he i mean the the with carson wentz the what was the exact quote was that the the relationship between he and head coach was um was broken or fractured beyond repair you know like stuff like that is personal the stuff that we're hearing about deshaun watson even though he has still been an upstanding individual as far as not going public with some of the things that he's probably dealt with with this texans organization you can tell this isn't just about football this is about like this is personal. This is this is things that happened off the field. And when it's personal like that, I think it's different. If the problems are just football, he's upset with the situation, he's upset with the team, he's upset with, you know, the failure or the lack of success, I think that can be fixed, that can be remedied. When you have a fracture that stems from a lack of respect for the organization, I don't think that's something you can come back from. And I just think that for the Houston Texans, it's it's a ridiculous move to try and play hardball with him. Um, trade him. He doesn't want to be there. And you gain nothing from keeping him. That's the thing, too. Like, you gain nothing from holding on to him. Like, if the guy is literally coming out and saying, I will never wear a Houston Texans uniform again, I don't think that's hyperbole. 
right? Like Deshaun Watson doesn't see, and Deshaun Watson is very calculated. He's not someone who comes out and makes inflammatory statements or says ridiculous things all the time. Like he's not someone who, you know, seems to be emotional. He seems to be an individual who has his head on straight. And so when he speaks and says something like that, I don't think it's inflammatory. I don't think it's for shock value. I think he genuinely means it. And he's been very measured and he's picked his words carefully. And so this whole situation to me, like I said, is weird. Uh, it's, I just, I just don't see how you're the Houston Texans and you hold on to him just because it doesn't make sense to me. Trade him, get some great capital draft capital back, maybe get a good player or two back in the trade because that's what he's going to get. I mean, you can get three first round picks and maybe, you know, a really great player back. Like, Again, like Miami, they have all they Miami would have everything you would want to get back if you're the Houston Texans. Trade them to Miami. You get to a a young possible replacement to be the future uh, to be the face of the franchise, and you're gonna get like three first round picks, maybe two second round picks. Like you can do some things, right? That that can turn and help and fix this team immediately. Um so like I said, it's just it's this whole situation is crazy to me, but it, I, I do believe we are getting closer to, I think we are closer to, Desha- to Deshaun Watson getting traded than we probably originally uh, believed. But anyhow, that's enough NFL talk. Let's get to the NBA real quick because the NBA season is back on after the All-Star, after All-Star weekend, after the All-Star game, had some games played last night. Tons of fun there. Kyrie Irving went absolutely ballistic against the Celtics last night. Dropped 40 um, in a win, in a 121-109 to win. Um, Really great. The Milwaukee Bucks blew out the New York Knicks. The Miami Heat got a win. The Atlanta Hawks uh, got a win. Tony Snell came up big, hit some big shots late down the road. Uh, Charlotte Hornets beat Detroit. Really, really good Really good basketball um, all last night. The Clippers blew out. I mean, absolutely blew out the Warriors last night. Uh, it was a bunch of good games played. A bunch of good games played, though. A lot of fun. Uh, NBA, like I said, second half of the season is back. But with NBA, we have to start with this Myers-Leonard situation. For those of you who don't know and, don't are, and aren't aware, uh, Myers-Leonard is a forward for the Miami Heat, and he does some Twitch streaming, you know, gaming, which a lot of guys do, right? A lot of guys, especially younger guys, which Myers Leonard is, um, but he was caught on his Twitch uh, when streaming saying some anti-Semitic slurs, and obviously everything came out, and the NBA fined him $50,000. He's been suspended for a week. He's been kept away from the team. Like the team was kind of doing a self-imposed suspension, keeping him away. And Myers Leonard's response was, you know, oh, I apologize for what I said. I didn't know the word. I didn't know the meaning of the word and the history of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with people to educate myself and to stop the spread of hate speech and things like that. And I'm so tired <laughs> I'm so tired of this excuse of I didn't know that was a racial slur or I didn't know that was offensive, right? Like, one, I wholeheartedly don't believe you because if you watch the video or if you've seen the stream, 
the way some of the words that followed and some of the other statements that he made following using the ra- that 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 uh, anti-Semitic slur, um, it sounds like you knew exactly what it meant. At the very least, you knew it was an insult when you said it. So, I, this whole this willful ignorance and trying and like I, I'm just I'm tired of letting people hide behind the veil of ignorance as an excuse to be disrespectful and to spread hate speech and things like that. Like I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I, there's way too many ways for you to educate yourself in today's society. It's 2021. You have literally everything at your fingertips. I don't, I don't, I don't buy the whole, Oh, I didn't know that that was offensive. I didn't know because if that, because if that's the case, then how do you know the word? Like if you like why and if and if you don't know what the word is, why are you using words that you don't know the meaning of, right? So that was just a really disgusting situation. Glad that he's been fined. Glad that he's been suspended. Um, but also like things like this, like I can't. I also can't believe necessarily. Another reason why I don't believe him is that you kind of have a history of this. Like last year, he was the only guy on the Miami Heat who wouldn't kneel uh, during the anthem with basically the rest of his team like almost i believe he was the only miami heat player who wouldn't kneel during the anthems and all the stuff so myers leonard uh this whole situation was just disgusting i'm happy to see that there was a little bit of a reprimand for it but all in all it's just sad and like i said i'm just tired of guys hiding behind the veil of ignorance to shield themselves from the criticism that should come when they like I said, spew hate speech and use slurs uh, that um, are meant to offend uh, certain groups of people. So, anywho, moving on from Myers Leonard, uh, PJ Tucker is asking to be traded from the Houston Rockets. He is no longer with the team right now. They're actually they've basically just asked him to, hey, stay home. You know, you train on your own. You don't want to be here. That's fine. We're not going to force you to be here. Um, so they basically asked him to stay home and stay away from the team while they try and find a um, a deal or a trade partner for him. Going to be interesting to see where P.J. Tucker ends up. Uh, Blake Griffin, I talked about it. I, I don't know if I talked about this Tuesday. I can't remember. Let me see. Run it back. <laughs> Run it back. I don't know if I talked about... Um, I talked about his buyout. I don't know if I necessarily... Yeah, because we only talked about the All-Star game. Um, Blake Griffin, who obviously he had his buyout from the Detroit Pistons. He is expected to sign with the New York Nets. Um, you know, I really hate this whole idea of super teams, man. I really do. Like, I hate the idea of we're going to get three or four all-stars on one team and we're just going to load the deck so much in our favor. Like, I was against the Nets getting James Harden. Like, I, like seriously, I really was because I felt like they didn't need it. I felt like you didn't need James Harden. I felt like you were a better overall team without him because of how deep you were. Uh, and you gave up so much depth to get him. Now, granted, the Brooklyn Nets are playing phenomenally right now. <laughs> um, and that's without Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant is still uh, nursing an injury. He's going to be coming back soon. I'm going to be... It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team play, but... Um, just something to think about i'm i'm really over teams now and players kind of doing this whole 
let's all three of us or all four of us join up together and 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 like i said just stack the deck in our favor because again like it takes away i am someone who loves competition i am love someone i'm someone who loves parody and you just don't really get that in the nba anymore um and it's kind of sad like it, it it sucks but anywho blake griffin signing with the nets uh like i said the second half of the season is starting we went over some of the games there um one quick, and I actually meant to talk about this when we were talking about the uh, NCAA, but we're talking about the NBA now, and it goes back to James Dolan, so it kind of all comes full circle. Um, James Dolan, what do you have against New York legends? I mean, and let me reiterate, let me backtrack. What do you have against black New York legends? It doesn't make sense to me that situations like this keep happening. So, for those of you who don't know, Patrick Ewing, who is the head, who's the head coach of uh, the Georgetown Hoyas, and he's doing a really good job. Georgetown is playing well right now. Shout out to Patrick Ewing. Um, they played at Madison Square Garden recently, and Patrick Ewing during a post conference after the game, post game conference, spoke about something that was pissing him off. And which was his exact words, was talking about how he was getting heckled and how he was getting harassed and, you know, kept getting stopped and asked, you know, like by Madison Square Garden uh, security and all that other stuff. And it's like, and he literally said, like, dog, I built this house. Like, my jersey is in the rafters. How do you not know who I am? Why are you all treating me like this? And it's a very, like, it's, it, it's a pattern now, right? Like, we saw this happen with Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley got into it, and James Dolan banned him from Madison Square Garden. It's like, Charles Oakley is one of the greatest Knicks of all time. What are you doing, Dolan? Then we see... Then we see... Um, oh, goodness. Spike Lee. You know, in his situation where they were asking him, oh, no, you got to use the front entrance. And, the, and, like, and just being disrespectful to him and, like, treating it like... All of the money that Spike Lee and out and and throughout all of these years, how Spike Lee has put on for the New York Knicks more than anybody, you treat him like that. Who is as much like Spike Lee is as much of the New York as much a part of the New York Knicks as anybody is. Like he's basically a part of the team. Like it's like Phil Jackson with the Lakers. Like you go to like you go to Staples Center when the Lakers are playing, it's almost guaranteed you're gonna see Phil Jackson. You go to Madison Square Garden to see the Knicks play, it's a guarantee you are going to see Spike Lee there. And now Patrick Ewing is getting the same type of treatment. And I just I have to like at this point, like it, it's not a coincidence. It almost seems like this is like the rules. Like it comes across as if this is something that you're doing actively and it just doesn't make sense to me now granted we all know james dolan is an idiot we all know he's a racist we all know he's a terrible human being but at some point it's like dude you you got to stop doing stuff that will affect your bottom line like stuff like this put like and the thing is the knicks are having a pretty good season this year right but here we are now because james dolan doesn't know how to be a leader and doesn't know how to treat his legends here we are talking about the knicks in a negative fashion once again when they are in the midst of having a pretty good season ever since james dolan has taken over for the knicks and taken over as owner of the knicks it's 
the only time we ever talk about the Knicks is in a negative light. And nine times out of ten, it is because of him. It's sad. It really is. The NBA needs to step in and take the team away from him, force him to sell or kick the Knicks out of the... Uh, yeah, like, and that's what they should do. They, all of the team, all of the other owners need to go to James Dolan and say, sell the team or the Knicks will not be allowed to play in the NBA. We will excommunicate. Yeah, like, like in a... Like in John Wick, when 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 John Wick went into the hotel and he killed the guy, which was against the the, the rules, and he was excommunicado, and basically every single assassin on, on the planet had the green light to kill him. That's kind of what needs to happen here with with the NBA and the Knicks. It's either James Dolan, either you sell the team, or you will be excommunicated, and the Knicks will not have a place in the NBA. Like that simple. It's um. It really is that simple. Like, like really, truly. But, anywhom, uh, it's just sad. Like I said, that the, the, that situations like this keep on happening. It really is because there's no there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse why Madison Square Garden security doesn't know who Patrick Ewing is. Like, and and it's not like Patrick Ewing looks like your everyday person. Patrick Ewing's damn near seven feet. Like. He, he, like Patrick Ewing, like seven feet tall. You see him walking around, like you should know. Oh, on some level, he at the very least played basketball, and he's here, so maybe he has some ties. Like you should just, and then also, like I said, like his jersey is in the rafters. As a Hall of Famer, like yeah, you should know who he is. So. All in all, like I said, this is it's another sad situation and just example of the poor leadership that is just that is I mean just absolutely riddled and festered this New York Knicks organization. Um, but hey, that's James Dolan. What are you gonna do? Um, hopefully, one day this this organization is in better hands. But anywho, that. Is all we have for you all today on this episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Dominic Shirosky. And if you like today's episode, tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, like it, share it, all that other good stuff. If you didn't like today's episode, well, just act like it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. And as always, I leave you all with a quote Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there and make some new haters. I'll see you all Tuesday.